Joe Limburg, who turned a year older today. Yep, Dr. Limburg. He will uh, not hear this on his birthday, but we wish him a happy birthday. Yep. Well, uh, in in lieu of that, I will I will tell uh, a good story between me and Joe because I good. saw I saw a picture because uh, like because you know I always post on his birthday. He's like the only one I really care to wish a happy birthday to. It's very uh, few. It's like a good six people, and I'm like, eh. Uh, they won't. They won't see a hundred people roll on the wall. They won't see that I didn't write it. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, anyway, so uh, the picture I saw is from we took a trip to Los Angeles. Like, I guess it's almost like four years ago at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Great time. Uh, L.A. was weird. Um, <laughs> We went. To, we were in. Firstly, we spent three days in L.A. and at the time he was living in Seattle, and then we flew back to Seattle, and then I spent the rest of the week in Seattle. Anyway, so in Los Angeles, I'm trying to think of all the crazy things that happened, but uh, the 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 weirdest one was L.A. almost swallowed us up. Uh, La di da. What? We, so what happened is that we went. So um, you know, we were trying to. So I very meticulously mapped out where we, where, well, first I made a whole giant list of things you wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. then my friend said, well, look up where everything is. So you're not wasting your time going around different parts of LA. You do a bunch of things that are near each other. True. So, so, uh, I forgot what we were. Oh, I think we went to, uh, we went to nerd melts, which was a fantastic comic book store. And also where we saw, um, Harmontown where Norman Lear showed up. Oh man! Yeah, what? yeah. He, they never announced like their guests, but also I, I, listening to the podcast, they're like, "Yeah, they really don't know who they're getting until like the very last second, half the time." <laughs> uh, but yeah, Norman Lear, freaking Sanford's son. That's amazing. Um, wow. He told a few funny stories. I think. Well, one I tried to remember was oh, he told a story about Jerry Lewis. <laughs> so Jerry Lewis was very crazy and he was very good friends with him and I think it was his it was Norman Lear's birthday and he mm-hmm. walked into Jerry Lewis's house and uh, he had a birthday candle up his butt and he he said happy birthday well I mean well, that's that's what I wanted that's yeah. that is what I wanted for my birthday yeah thank you well uh but anyway, that that wasn't my story. I just had to mention that. But anyway, so we, I think, I think it was, I can't remember if it was, I think it was before the show. It might have even been after, I don't remember. But we went to this place, it's called Millions of Milkshakes. And it, it, it's apparently great milkshakes. And they were great. So we got them. And we were outside. And then like, I don't know, there were like two drunk people. And... Like there was, there was a whole lot of sexual confusion happening out on the streets. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, I'm trying to remember all the details, but one of them was, well, one of the guys tried to fight me. I'm just sitting there eating my fucking milkshake. And this guy clearly on something, I, he's probably just blacked out, but who knows? Yeah, it's LA. Sure. Who knows? We've been there. Yeah. We've, well, yeah who knows? Who, who fucking knows? And so, uh, you know, uh, let's see. What, what He tried to fight me, and then the owner of Millions of Milkshakes came out 
and was fighting him. He, he fought him in my honor. Wow. That's... It, <laughs> I was like, yo. <laughs> Here's a this, tip. Yeah. Go Eat to millions of milkshakes. <laughs> they'll protect you. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Because <laughs> we're all just like, what the fuck is going on? This is... We're just having our goddamn milkshakes, and L.A. is trying to swallow us up for no reason. And But... <sighs> He saved us, so that that was that was my Joe Lindbergh story. That neither of us it made it happen, but we were in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll share just a quick a quick overall arching uh, Joe, Joe Lindbergh story. Um, I used to we used to have Thursday nights uh, in college, senior year of college. Thursday nights was uh, The Office, Parks and Rec, followed by Archer. Yes. Yes. So it was just bam, 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 bam. And I would get off work at the pizza place and then we'd go over to Joe and Rando's house and smoke. And we would just get like super baked, watch all of those and then go, let's go to the Old Spanish Tavern, which was the Oast. And on Thursdays they had 375 Oast teas and it was just a long and iced tea. Oh, whoops. Oh, baby. Those, those were naughty. Those were, and, and the thing is, they would never make like a cooler of them just to hand out because there'd be just a million people there all getting the OSTs because they were so cheap. And we would always be like, all right, two OST or not two OST means should we get two OSTs? And we almost always did, but we almost always like blacked out or just had a lot of issues it, the next morning. It's, a, it's one's not enough. And two is too many. Two is way too many. And Joe would <laughs> just look at me and be like, hmm. Two O's tea or not two O's tea? I'm like two O's tea. <laughs> two O's tea. That's that's one of my more that's one of my more favorites. Um, nice. We could talk about Joe all day, but happy birthday, Joe! I know he listens. But happy to the birthday! Cast. Yep, yep. I know he's our at least one fan out there. Shout out to our one fan. So <laughs> we love you. Hey, let's 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 get Let, into this. Let's, let's make it two next time. Hey, hey, that's um, not true. I looked at Anchor. We've at least got nine listeners. At, at least as of last time I up- uploaded an episode, That's I, st- I still have two I need to edit. Whoops. Hey. But, hey. I, but I actually am probably going to finish editing uh, the fifth episode today. You know, I, I honestly, like, I always let people know whenever a new episode's up. You know, I think uh, the feedback we've got is good. So thank you for listening. We'd like to get up to double digits, you know? Yes, yes. I've taken your criticism into consideration and used very little of it. <laughs> All right. All right, let's, let's, start, let's it. do it. Let's get it. Hello, listener. If you weren't already aware of, welcome to Well, That's New. A show where we give you random facts about random things from the official source we weren't allowed to use in high school, Wikipedia. I'm your host, Andrew, but you can call me Grau, and I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron, but in my phone, it is Mr. Bitches. Yep, it's me. It's Mr. Bitches. We're here. We're here for your knowledge. We're we're gonna... And I'm sorry, you're gonna learn whether you want to or not, but... You're the one that turned on the podcast, so you knew what you your were fault. getting into. It's your fault. Number one, we've put a red letter on you, so you're yes. a whore. <laughs> <laughs> a whore for knowledge. Yeah, a whore for not knowledge, but you know that's also a literary reference, so you're learning a little bit more. Bam. Starless Letterman. Anyway. Yeah, I hated that book. I, oh, I, I didn't say it was a good book. I'm no. just saying that you now remember it. <laughs> 
My I, friend, I, I have a story about that. One of my friends, he was such a fucking asshole in high school, but like he was like, he's like just one of those people that's just too smart. He's just too smart. He's too smart to live. Those, but, those, those, exist. those people. But anyway, uh, I think he read the Scarlet Letter and I don't think, I think only like AP English people read uh, Scarlet mm-hmm. Letter then. And, uh, he gave out all, to all the girls that were kind of uh, whores in our high school. He gave them all like scarlet letters, but they didn't know. They're like, "Oh, these are so nice!" Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna name drop him, but if, if if he's listening, which probably isn't, you know who you are. Yes. You know what you you know what you did, and I wow. love you for it. <laughs> wow, that's um. That is next level. That's like that's like meta bullying. Like, God yeah, damn. it's it's low. It's the most low key bullying you could have ever done. My goodness! I My mean, goodness! It didn't know, hurt anyone. I mean, but as long as made as a long statement. As, yeah, as long as the girls didn't figure out. I mean, you know, I'm not here. No, I don't think I, they probably haven't to this day figured it out. So just like I saw this really nice letter A. Like, look, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's nice and red. Woo. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's. Uh, uh, how about I'll go first? Usually, yeah, you it's go all first. you. All yeah, right. plus, I mean, I've got, I've got. Mine aren't super long, but they're. I think a few of them are are fairly interesting. Uh, I've I've got some good ones today. I looked through so many Ooh. goddamn articles today to find it. <laughs> like yeah. God damn it! But yeah, uh, so uh, I found this guy. His name is Albert Wolski. So I really sure. don't know anything really much about like costume design. I mean, I just don't know who's big in costume design, who isn't, and whatever. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a little too specific for me. Maybe yeah. if I worked in broad, if I liked Broadway, maybe I would know his name. But Or even like TV, because like, you know. You, you know, have to know those people if, if it's yeah. like your actual job. You probably yeah, yeah, know yeah, who he for is. Sure. For but, sure. But uh, he was known because he received two Academy Awards for uh, working on All That Jazz and Bugsy. Okay. Uh, which all that jazz? I haven't seen it, but it's a it's a super famous movie. Let's just look at it for a second. It's a musical drama by Bob Fosse. Oh, uh, just to, let, let's just give a little rundown of Bob Fosse. Uh, let's see, Damn Yankees. He did that. Oh, White, Dem- White Christmas. Uh, oh, he's an actor in, in Damn Yankees. Oh, well, dang. Well, dang. Anyway, but I know Bob, I knew the name Bob Fosse off the top. Yes, yeah. Um, so, you know what? I actually like to jump to Wikipedia because I find Wikipedia has the best, like, two-sentence describe a movie. So, I mean, I, you mean IMDb? IMDb, what did I say? Wikipedia. Duh. <laughs> I meant to say IMDb. Anyway, uh, director, uh, choreographer Bob Fosse tells his life story as he details the sordid career of Joe Gideon, a womanizing, drug-using dancer. Interesting. That sounds That sounds good. That, hey, I think, I'd watch it. I think they actually edited it pretty recently to the uh, – Criterion Channel app. That's uh, for those of you out there that love movies. Criterion Collection is like uh, they just re-release uh, really great old movies, and uh, they they recently relaunched an app called uh, the Criterion Channel. It doesn't have everything, but it has like I don't know, at least seventy percent of their their library you can watch. There's more than you'll ever be able to get through. 
For and, sure. And I think they, they actually just added all that jazz recently. Uh, so oh. I, don't, I, have to, I have to watch it. All right. Uh, Any hoozles. Let's look at whatever what else he worked on. Uh, let's see. I think later in his career. Oh, he, he worked on Manhattan. Uh, oh, Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Oh, he did, uh, did Grease. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, The Jazz Singer, another famous movie. Sophie's Choice. Dang. Um, <laughs> Moscow on the Hudson. That's funny. Uh, do, do you ever see Moscow on the Hudson? <laughs> no. Uh, it's Robin Williams plays a Soviet circus musician who defects while uh, on a visit to the United States. What? I, how did I not know this movie existed? Uh, I, used to, I, 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 I can't speak to if it's still good, but I used to love this movie when I was a kid. I mean, is it? Is it? But it's like it, no. Is it a Robin Williams movie where it's like actually funny and I'm gonna love it, or is it like Patch Adams where I'm like this is funny and then wanted to hate myself at the end? Um, it would. I would say it would be no. You won't want to hate yourself at the end. It, it's somewhere in between those two because I feel like it's not. It wasn't dumb, but it definitely wasn't like the craziest, smartest movie ever. It, I just like the idea okay. of Robin Williams with a Russian accent. That's, that's true. That's really what you're going. You're coming to see. Okay, that, good. I mean, it's no doubt. Like Pucci, good, right? ha- at least good, happy. Uh, at least mostly when it comes to uh, uh, Robin Williams. The, okay. The ma- the the manic one, not the depressive one. Yeah, I mean, not, not the one that's doing one hour photo. Neon Genesis Evangelion. <whistles> wow. What does he do? Well, he's a good guy. He can fly, and he has a silver sword that can kill bad guys. Really? Yeah, and he's sixty feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, I could literally watch Death to Smoochie at any day oh. of the week. Like that's oh. the best. That's I saw that in the movie theater, and yeah. I, me and my mom were just like, "Damn, that's like one of the best movies I'd seen in a very long time." Because everyone plays it so real. Because it's yeah. like, but like, it has like just enough goofiness in it. When it comes to like the character that uh, Smoochie is, yeah, um, it's great. Uh, and also, I heard um, uh, Edward Norton interviewed on WTF on Mark Marin, and he mentioned that's like one of his favorite movies he's ever been in. He said, "If you like Death to Smoochie, you're like my kind of person." <laughs> I, it, I think it's. I think it's one of the best. so underrated. It's yeah. got such a crazy cast. Yeah. Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. Robin Williams, Edward Norton. Like, if you just said that, I will watch whatever movie those three people are in together. It's all you had to say. And it's also like Edward. It's like like before Edward Norton was that around before or after Fight Club? Oh, it was after. Okay, so he had like really hit his stride as yeah, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I really liked his Incredible Hulk movie. I thought it was yeah. a good movie. I thought it was. I, I thought, thought it was, it was better way better than, than whatever other Hulk movie happened. Like, yeah, right before that or right after that. Is before, they, yeah. But I feel like they still just kind of disregarded his in the overall, like you know, canon of MCU. Yeah, it's because I apparently like I. I well, because Edward Orton wasn't in any of the other ones. <laughs> well, they also talk about how like the Hulk genre as general it's like always seems to be very cursed just in general yeah so i get it's, that but it, it's one of those things i feel like uh just like any other major movie it feels like there's always too many hands in the pot 
You know, yeah. that's what always happens. Uh, like, I feel like we we're almost lucky we got a movie like Endgame because yeah. it's so good and great. And like, you know, for those types of movies, a very expansive movie. And, yeah. and that movie could so easily been so much worse and less uh, <laughs> impactful because of how many people could have fucked it up, you know? Very true. And, and, you know, I don't really want to see a Mark Ruffalo solo her uh, Hulk movie. Not that, not that I don't like Mark Ruffalo. I don't. Version. I just don't. Just, his is fine. He's great. Yeah. He's great when it's like he's not the main focus. He's good yeah. part of the cast. And he and he and he does a great job as the Hulk. I, I, you know, I think that one thing that MCU has done better once it kind of came under one company again, uh-huh. um, they've done better at casting than just about any other like agency out there. Like they really just understand like, like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I will never oh. stop talking about how. Well, he's perfect. He he's perfect. He's a perfect pick. Cause exactly. He, Cause he's good looking, but like, not like uh captain America, good looking. Yep. And he's funny. I think the funniest one next to Dr. Strange. Those are the two oh. funny out of all of them. Those are the two funniest. And I love Dr. Yeah. Strange. Ben like Cumberbatch if, if, doing if, American accent. Yeah. About it was it. great. It was great. I well, overall, it's just a well-written movie, and and actually, Dan Harmon got to work on that a little bit. Um, Good. And, well, that makes sense because he knows the Russo brothers because they worked on Community. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's. I mean, he never said that that's the connection, but I. I. That's the through line I see that make that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think one, at one Harmon Town show, he by accident showed one page of the Doctor Strange script like <laughs> uh, like a year before the movie came out. Whoops. Well, because he like he tried to like incorporate like a visual element to it. So he brought oh, his laptop sure. and he's like, oops, that's the last thing I had to open. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's move. Well, I wanted to see some of the other movies this person worked on. Uh, Fatal Instinct, you know. Damn, Pelican, the Pelican Brief, that's a huge one. Uh, you've got mail. You even worked on that. Galaxy the Jackal. Quest. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. Whoa. Uh, one of the, again, uh, well, this is amazing because what, uh, I mean, I think Galaxy Quest is one of the most underrated movies anyone's ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's got so much going on and there's yeah. no reason why I should like a Tim Allen movie. There's no reason, zero reason but, I should like a but Tim it's Allen like, movie. It's like, it's like Tim Allen peak his career before he starts being like, Horrible. I mean, hate yeah. it. Yeah, but but then it's got the craziest cast around him: Sigourney Weaver, Alan yep. Rickman, Tony, Tony Shalhoub, like... and Sam Rockwell. I love his character because he's so <laughs> he plays such a small part, but such a great part. I'm not even supposed to be here. I got screwman number six. I'm expendable. I'm the guy in the episode who dies to prove the situation is serious. I gotta get out of here. Get out of here. Oh yeah. man, he like I mean, gets to fall uh, in love with that alien and actually become uh, part of the alien race. Oh, it's perfect. I mean, perfect. and Alan and Alan Rickman. I mean, oh, Alan Rickman, uh, like he plays way it, to get like the most so Shakespearean well. actor <laughs> in the stupidest sci-fi movie. But it's uh, but still, but it's great. For yeah, I, I can't. It's like ethereal. I can't even tell you why it's so good. But it's just, it, because yeah. it's also like it's a parody. Of, yeah, of like Star. Well, it's really a Star Trek parody, really. That's, yeah, that's. I mean, they uh, from even from how they like 
they like the fictional show Galaxy Quest started in someone's garage, and that's how they yeah. filmed the first season. Of oh Star yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So they they that. go they go pretty hard into it. I mean, yeah. Whoever just, wrote the script, let's bam. see, uh, the director Dean Prescott and Robert Gordon. Well, I guess they really went hard on. They, maybe they were hardcore like uh, Star Trek people, and uh, I mean you'd have you'd have yeah. to, especially it's, pick up all the little things. But you know, also the stupid, not stupid. I mean, not no, don't want to step on any toes. Uh, the whatever alien language and like all what the aliens look like. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. It, it's an underrated movie. It's I so just, funny too because I loved it. it when I saw it, it in theater. I just loved it. Also it taught me the yeah. word pub. I didn't. I was like, I don't know. Let's see what year did it come out. Came out in. Yeah, that means I was ten. Yeah, and ten. So, that's when I learned what the word pub meant because so yeah, Alan Rickman's British. <laughs> where 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 Galaxy Quest came in the line of like it came right when they're re-releasing Star Wars. So I was hyped mm. for it. So I saw it and I was like, I don't like this because it's not Star Wars. And then I saw it later in life and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, this movie is it, so is great good. for no reason at all wow this person also did the movie home fries oh home and he fries was... yeah that's a vince gilligan script oh my god of, this is... of breaking bad fame that was his first movie i i he did a wow. good interview on wtf and i remember hearing about that wow yeah. they're really going and then this guy also worked on kirby enthusiasm oh. and monk <laughs> monk Excuse i used me. to love i used to love monk uh, of oh, like of whatever course. random trash television was on, like that was like it was just I don't know I was like addicted to that it's, show when I watched it's it. Good. It's one of those. It's one of those shows that like it went into syndication at a time when I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like I can just watch a lot of this. I watched that, and it was also when I was really into SVU. I used to yes. watch so much of it. I just remember there were days I just like I think it was early days of free on demand on my television and they had yeah. so much SVU and I would just it's you just you endless. know yeah apparently uh yeah I mean apparently there's just New York bad don't do it yeah but uh all you really need to know is Galaxy Quest and Hot Fries Home Fries he also did fun with Dick and Jane uh, we could forget about that movie. You know, uh, I, I, I. But hey, this person funny. did Curb, so yeah, uh, hey, big Mazel up, Tov. Mazel Tov. Uh, <laughs> uh, They also did. Road, he also did Road to Perdition. Beta uh, Manhattan. What the Manchurian Candidate? Candidate? This guy had Jarhead and Jarhead, what? and he did Birdman. What? <laughs> this guy. This guy had the and had Astro. Damn, this guy. This guy, this guy did work. Out. This guy he's, has done everything. He's been a costume designer for. He's only he's only gone two Academy Awards. Yeah, has that even happening? You think he'd won like four by accident? He's also like in his nineties. Yeah, so, he's really old. But he's, he's like eighty nine right now. He's eighty nine. So working, fuck Damn. this guy, man. Albert in, in Walski. demand. Yeah, Albert he's, Walski. We'll All right, put him in the put him, put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame of articles. That's uh, he goes into our golden Wikipedia. <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like our golden plate club, but for but for knowledge. Yeah. So, like, honestly, uh, we can uh, recommend definitely checking out this because you could just go down a rabbit hole of all the things he's worked on. And like, you you would even just have a great. I mean, if you look at the second half of his career, at yeah. least you you would really get a nice smattering of fantastic movies. Yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff that I just not everything, but, but like, but, but, but there's like 
a lot of it is is at least worth looking at. A road to perdition? Like what yeah. the fuck? Well, like this damn. guy has done everything. I'm what almost ma- I'm almost mad. I'm almost what mad. Have I done with my life? Uh, yeah, nothing. But whatever. Hey, I just <laughs> I finally finished the Watchmen TV show and I oh. rewatched the Watchmen movie. Oh, the the TV show's great. The yes. movie's really good, but it just doesn't hold up and they change the ending. I don't need to be the nine zillionth person yes. that says this. So that was the thing. I like but I originally yeah. liked the ending when I saw it because I hadn't read the comic. Same. I was like, I oh, that was a good yet. ending. And then yeah. when you see the, when you read the comic, you're like, oh damn, that ending sucks so, in comparison. That's what and, that's what I think is missing because I both Angie and I haven't read it and since we watched the show I was like oh I think they changed the ending because well, like it makes no sense well the movie it's different but the TV show is a sequel to the to the comic mm-hmm. 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 so that's why they have that backstory episode of the squid hitting New York that I think is supposed to be the original ending right yeah that is that is the ending that's what be- that's what I yeah yeah, because in, cause in the comic, Mighty. yeah, I don't know. Or he just was like, this is easy. Yeah, or he's just like, this is easier than a giant squid monster. Yeah, but like, well, it's cause, in cause, effect. Yeah, but I thought, I don't know, squid, the squid monster is just so much more nightmarish. Uh, yeah. Especially the, in the comic, they make it look so cool. So uh, I'm, I'm, Because basically what, what, just like they explain the show, he basically, but what he does is that he, he hires all these scientists and artists to design yeah. like nightmarish things, and uh, and they and the scientists eventually made this psychic bomb of a giant squid was like their end result. Uh, and also, you know, I don't know if you noticed this, but ever in in the show of Watchmen, they're reading a book. A bunch of people are reading the same book. It's called yeah. Fog, Fog Dancing. Yes. So that guy that wrote that book was famous in the world of the Watchmen. Because, oh. because so so this is inter- this is such fucking Alan Moore type shit. So yeah. in in the world in the world of Watchmen, mm-hmm. sci-fi stories are considered boring because they have all the new technology. Mm. So pirate stories are the real big comics in the world of the Watchmen. That's pretty cool. I like that. So so that's why in the show there's a girl named Pirate Jenny because Pirate Jenny is yes. one of the pirates like in the comics. Because you'll even I think you even get to see a little bit of the comics within the comic. Yes. Uh, okay. And um, yeah, and basically uh, the guy that wrote Fog Dancing was originally a really big uh, writer for these pirate books. Oh, I um, love that. Okay. Yeah. And also there's a whole thing about I think I. You, there, there's a thing called the Pedipedia. So remember mm. that that uh, guy, the really skinny guy that was with the uh, the main uh, with uh, Blake the whole time. Yes. He so he was also at, like had his own Wikipedia page to like if you wanted to expand the universe of the Watchmen, it's yes. like the FBI files on the yes. Watchmen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he he wrote a whole bunch of crazy things in there, but there was a there there was a whole big article about this writer in there. Um, oh. And, oh, and that the book Fog Dancing is supposed is like kind of it's a meta story within the story because I think in the story it's about like someone that's uh, he he was like uh, um, 
an assassin that they're called fog dancers because of like I don't know they're like um slipping into the shadows or whatever. I th- no, I think I think I think they just have very good like invisibility cloaks, sure, whatever. Sure. And uh, ultimately, and like it's this whole crazy journey that ultimately he's being controlled by someone else. And, oh. and that's like a whole theme within it's Watchmen. A, it's an of like allegory. Who's pulling the, yeah. And it, it, well, yeah. it's an allegory, but it's also like a reflection of the story of Watchmen. That's because yes, who's that's pulling the cool. strings? Like yeah. who? Which Adrian Veidt. Yeah, and Adrian Veidt was the one pulling all the strings and all that good stuff. So before before we move sorry, on, I'm sorry I went no, off no. on on my my Watchmen. So this is a conversation that I've had with someone, and they like kind of disagreed with me. And this is like something I want to bring up before we move on. Yeah, so sure. When I had watched a Watchmen originally, it was the a TV show or the movie? Movie, the movie. Oh yeah. It was explained to me. Okay, so the only Watchmen that has superpowers technically is. Um, is Dr. Manhattan. Yes. But clearly, Adrian Veidt is so fast he can catch a bullet and he's like really strong and he's the smartest man in the world. So those are technically superpowers. Yes, but I, maybe they can say lower tier superpowers. Okay, so then... so then, um, I'm not what, saying that they are, aren't amazing, no, but, but, I'm, but it's not saying. someone like Dr. Manhattan that can just no, like create... No, not, not like whatever. Superman, but I'm saying like even like, even like Rorschach technically has his own version of superpowers. Like he's like a martial arts expert. He's also like an investigation guy. He can kind of climb walls a little faster. Like yeah. the Night Owl. Well, he, you know, technology. he's supposed... Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because Night Owl is more like a Batman type character. Yeah, and, and he's got the... What, and he's you know smart what? and... Yeah. I also heard Rorschach is also a sort of parody of Batman. If Batman yes. had to live in the real world, like and was yes. rich, yeah, that's you see the two sides of the coin. That's why Night yeah. Owl and Rorschach are friends. Yeah, exactly. And then even like the what's her face, um, uh, Miss Jupiter. What the hell's her? What the hell's her? Uh, it's been a hot minute since the, I've the, spe- the Spectre, whatever lady. Yeah, Spectre, yeah. Whatever. Um, even she, she's like a martial arts expert. Like she can jump. Like there's, they're just like they're just like people that are just above average people. Okay, are really so, superheroes. But so also, then, but you know what? Technically, I think um, Hooded Justice is also a superhero. But he just more just has just more strength than most people. That's really rage, what he has. The rage of being a black man in United States. Yeah, that's right. that's his superpower. So, okay, I would even say, I would even go so far as to say that Sister Sister um, Sister Knight has, uh, is like a martial arts expert. And like, you saw her, like she was like, she's like stronger than most people. Okay, and then Looking Glass, he can clearly see when people's lying. He can kind of almost like predict some stuff. But that's What's what the- makes, but that's what makes them like, up, above all these people is because they do have these, like their stats are turned up on certain yes. things. So then, what the fuck is Pirate Jenny and Red Scare? I want to know. Like, yeah. Well, I just think. Me. Well, I think they just more fall in the line of just general vigilantes. But then, how come they're not getting arrested by Blake? Is it because they work for the police? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're. I feel like they were former vigilantes that just joined the government. That okay. they, they well, Red. I feel like Red Scare and Pirate Jenny are just—they just run on hate. <laughs> they, so, their superpower yeah. is just whatever. Whatever happened to them in their life before? They're just I, channeling their rage to. So, like, I could even see—I could even see Pirate Jenny being like a tech expert because she was in the van helping with the tech stuff, and like a weapons expert. But yeah. they never bring it up. Like no. me, I'm a, I'm a minor. Yeah, but she's also person. just like a minor. She's such a minor character. 
Aaron, I need to know these things. This is important. Like, I need to know superpowers. <laughs> but truly, it, it's true. Dr. Manhattan is the only one with true superpowers. With true. The, everyone else is just, I would call them superhuman. Yes. I would I say mean, they are superhuman, but not sup- not su- like a superhero. I mean, even Adrian Veidt could catch a bullet. So that's cool. Yeah, and and being smart is its own superpower. Yeah, that's and 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 yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'm sorry, everyone. I apologize. You welcome to uh, we, the we went Watchmen off. podcast. You're gonna hear the Watchmen uh, background music again because I think we talked about it on the on the fifth episode. Yeah, because you did you did recommend that I watch it and uh, oh, finally and, and we fi- and, hey finally no, actually no, it. it's great. No, it came full circle. I forgot that's the reason why. I yeah. mean. I mean, not that I, I, not that this is going to be an advertisement for HBO Max, but holy shit, do does it. they have a lot of amazing stuff. I even started watching Close Enough last night. Man, JJ so Quinchel, man. He's a genius. All right, I'll, I'll get on with my topic. Yes, Whoops. yes, yes. So uh, let me turn off the screen share. All right, screen share it. So this is actually... Uh, a musical fun thing. This is talking about Sarah Ann Glover. She was the English music educator who invented the soul the soul fos system. So what basically, solfege. It's like so. It's Norwich soul fos system. So basically, it's uh, an aid to teach people acapella music. So it goes from do to do. Do is like the very oh, the starting. Like note. mean like do re mi. When you sing, you begin with do re mi. Like that? It's solfege. It's basically solfege system. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but I had yeah, but no she, idea. Yeah. So she basically like, um, she was just like this. She was just like this Christian, um, this like hardcore Christian person in Norwich, um, and she was like a music director for the church at her time, and she basically had to develop a method uh, to teach people music notation while teaching at this girl's school. And, and this is 1827, by the way. So she was teaching people acapella singing. So that's, that's music without any sort of instruments. It's all just vocal. So basically she's teaching people the do to do. And the concept became very well known in the popular, uh, in popular culture after the sound of music. So do a deer, a female deer, oh, wow. re a drop of golden sun. So it's do, it's do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And there's even hand signs with it. So when you're like, have a whole choir in front of you, you could be like, all right, basically. You know what? I, va- I, I vaguely remember my music teacher doing that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there's like, and it's like, okay, like, and I used to, uh, was it? it's like, uh, it's like, see if I could do do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, ti, do. I think that's what it is. I used to, ha- I used to have to know how to do it. Like we used to be able to have to do it with all our hands and do all like the half steps as well and do like the minor stuff. Mm-hmm. So cool. basically, so basically, this is the person that created the solfege system that we know today in the English language. Because before then, the like Gregorian chant esh sort of stuff, I don't know if they necessarily had a way of teaching it. It was more just like partials within you know the 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 web of sound. But this is a very important person when it comes to teaching musical notation and teaching it in the a cappella sort of um, system. It well, was that's later, new. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the first time that this happened. It was um, in her 1835 instructional book, "Scheme for Rendering Psalmody Congregational and uh, Congregational." So basically, how to teach a choir of people. 
and how to do psalms like that. Um, you know, she died of a stroke. Is uh, we've all been there? Not yet. Not yet. Um, but uh, it was later refined by John Kerwin, which I don't know too much about. So we're going to check that. So John Kerwin. So he basically took what she did, and he was another congre- uh, congre- congregationalist. So for those people that don't know the history of Western music that much, everyone was Christian, and if it wasn't for the church, there wouldn't be Western music. That's just kind of the way it is, because Bach hey. was like the dude that did it, and he was a church organist. Hmm. So basically, this is the guy, this is the guy that uh, uh, minister and the diffuser of the tonic sol fa system of education created by Ann Glover. So he basically was the one that was like, here's what we have, here are the notes of the scale, here's how we're going to basically teach it, and this is how we're going to learn it so that there's this kind of common concept. Mm. Let's see, uh, tonic sol fa. Yep, it's a pedagogical teaching for sight singing invented by Sarah Ann Glover of Norwich and popularized by John Kerwin, who adapted it from a um, number of early musical systems. So basically, like what I said, do to do, do. You know, I could go on forever about, oh, see, it even gives you the hand, the hand message, uh, the hand stuff. Uh, yeah, mm. do. Yeah, do, re, mi. Well, this is an audio podcast, so so look it up. You can check it out. You can look (laughs) it out. You can look it up. But um, but yeah, I mean, I could go on about music, about about music theory forever and ever and ever. Music is good. I I give it. I give it an eight out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight point five because you know, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan too, but you know. Yes. Not all. So <laughs> this one was kind of a short one, but this is kind of an important one. And you can feel free, um, you know, listeners, to check out a little bit more about just the whole idea of, you know, the solfege system. And also, really, it hasn't been around that long. If you That's, think about yeah, it, yeah, I didn't crazy. realize that. Yeah, because I think like so when it, it would comes, make it like uh, less than two hundred years old. Yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> that's, that's kind crazy. of crazy too because basically every musical education situation. Well, that makes everywhere. sense because like everything had to. Think nothing was really standardized until like the last hundred years, really. Oh yeah, I mean they even even like the original Bach transcripts, which people still you know have to pour over. He didn't write everything out because he was an organist, and he would literally just put numbers underneath his uh, the the bass notes for what they called figured bass. So people literally had to transcribe it, write it out, and then from there create western musical theory and there's a reason why it's not called musical fact and it's called music theory because there's just a bunch of shit out there and it changes all the time and every new generation of musicians and composers kind of change the rules a little bit so that's why but but there's just the basic rules of western music and then there's everything else yes and like i said i could talk about it forever but this was a good. This was a good fun one because I yeah, do have something a, else later. Yeah. That's that's a that's that is fun. Well, I have a fun one too. Sure. Uh, uh, let's uh, let's get into that right quick. Right meow. Right meow. <laughs> it's a tantrum. <laughs> Wait, is this is this um? Are you feeling lots of those these days? Uh, some days. Some days. Especially because I have, well, you know what? It's also because I have a nephew who's two years old that I've been helping look after. The terrible twos. There's, they're all, they're, they can strike at any moment. <laughs> uh, so we have tantrum, t- 
also known as a temper tantrum, also known as a hissy fit. Oh, I'll an emotional outburst usually associated with those in emotional distress. Which can uh, be characterized by crying, stubbornness, screaming, violence, defiance, angry ranting, uh, a resistance to attempts of pacification, in some cases, hitting or other physically violent behavior. I feel very seen by this. I feel seen. I feel I feel looked at a little too hard sometimes. Give it to me. Come on, you little fucker. Let's go. That's what I need. Let's do that. Let's do exactly that, you little fuck. I feel like I have a lot of angry ranting and screaming. Uh, and and, that, uh, and that's before noon. And that's just before I, noon. I, I totally forgot to, to make myself coffee. And I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling it coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! They have two pictures of I children love the, having yeah. tantrums. Oh my God, they're great. One's just laying it's on the ground Crocs. crying, but the the second kid is wearing like this dinosaur T-shirt with two T Rexes, and he's just staring at the ground, looking like he's about to eat it. I mean, dang! I kind of want that shirt though. Where where can yeah. I get that? <laughs> I need it. Uh, so <laughs> let, let's see. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Freud considered that the Wolfman's development of temper tantrums was connected with his seduction by his sister. He became discontented, irritable, violent, took offerance on every possible occasion, and then flew into a rage and screamed like a savage. Freud hmm. linked the tantrums to an unconscious need for punishment driven by feelings of guilt. Something, huh. something in which he thought would be generalized by too many other cases of childhood traumas. Well, huh. well, that's interesting. So yeah. basically, like, I mean, that makes sense. Because when you do something that you're guilty of and you're trying to defend it, you yeah. kind of throw a tantrum. Yep, absolutely. Huh. Also, uh, seduction by his sister? Ugh. Yeah, I was like, what am I... The Wolfman. Freud, what are you... Who's this? Uh, Han was a Russian aristocrat from Odessa, best known for being a patient of Sigmund Freud. Oh, it was a pseudonym. Oh! So that's cool, to protect his identity. Uh, After a a dream, his his real name is Sergei Pankajev. Uh, After a dream, Pankajev had a tree full of white wolves that's an interesting dream. wow sure so, so this guy tried to seduce his sister and then got pissed about it yes okay. i was like why Wolfman? what are we talking about yeah what's what <laughs> i i threw i threw myself a left foot turn <laughs> a left foot turn <laughs> <laughs> that was a left foot turn in in a conversation way too uh all right then there's heinz coot Considered tantrums were narcissistic rages caused mm-hmm. by the thwarting of the infinite grandiose exhibitionist core. Okay, so like the so like the basically like look at me, look at me, I'm important, I want this, and you don't get it, and then it's like uh, the the blow to the uh, inflated self image when a child's wishes are, however, justifiably refused, creates fury because it strikes at the feeling of omnipotence. I mean, wow. I don't think I don't think toddlers even know the word omnipotence. They just want the they just want they the, want ice the cream. thing. They want they the want, thing. I want apple juice. Uh, ju- oh, so 
let me just tell, tell you about the, the last tantrum my little nephew threw. <laughs> uh, so we, um, we were getting ice cream. Sure. And um, he, so I think, well, he, he woke up in a bad mood. And so we were, his, his favorite thing is ice cream. Who doesn't love ice cream? But um, he was in such, Satan. but he was in such a bad mood. We we're like, Hey, do you want ice cream? He was, don't want ice cream. And it was like, do you want chocolate ice cream? Don't want chocolate. Do you want vanilla ice, ice cream? Don't want vanilla. Do you want sprinkles on top? Don't want sprinkles. And so anyway, we got him chocolate vanilla swirl with sprinkles because that's what he loves. And, <laughs> I mean, and, and, well, first he looked at it and he said, don't want it. Like that's how he says it. He's like, don't want it. Rough. And, yeah, I was like, ugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> And so, luckily, we I also bought ices because this place is mostly an ices place. Oh, we, it's like an Italian ice. Yeah, they they do they have soft serve Italian ice. Oh, yum! I'm a yeah. fan. Yeah, they they like in they like uh, brought this like recipe from Italy. It's mm. uh, it's fantastic. And mm. so, anyway, I got him to like the ices, and then when he was done, he's like, "Where is the ice cream?" I'm like you. I love you. <laughs> so I had to then go get my ice cream because, well, because we just ended up eating the ice cream because he ate my ices. So yeah, like okay, if you're gonna have my ices, then I'm just gonna have your ice cream. And then he wanted ice cream after his ices. Once he finally had a sweet treat and calmed down, he realized that he actually wanted the ice cream. So that's my latest. Uh, uh, you tantrum. know, tantrum that I had to experience. Uh, all right, that's enough. I just thought it was a funny random article that I found, and we learned about Freud and the Wolfman. I mean, there are some, I mean, of course, there are some interesting things that I think I, if anyone has experienced a tantrum, um, jealousy over the birth of a sibling resulting in aggression may also provoke negativistic tantrums. I mean, I have an older sister. And, uh, yeah, yeah, she was, she was, she's been jealous of me ever since I was born. And that's 31 years later. Still jealous. Still jealous. But yeah, there's like some more reading if you want to get further into like antisocial behavior, autism and ADHD, into intellectual disabilities. Eh. Eh. We, it's, we understand. It's, we get it. We get it. All right. My next one is... I hope pretty fun. It is the Cheongdamdong region of South Korea. Where's it that? Is, it's in Seoul, South Korea. It's in the Gangnam okay. district of uh, Seoul, South Korea. So when they say the term Gangnam style, it's like fancy. It's kind of like a higher end, oh. high income. I never really understood that, but I think it's also, I didn't care nearly enough to want to look into what that even meant. I was just like, it's Gangnam style. It's, um, sure. Yeah. So it's you know. It's, well, that's uh, interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. It's a very, it's like a very affluent, uh, high income place. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of rich people in South Korea. Anyway. Yeah, I, I had a friend that taught English in Seoul. That's usually like, I think if you get a job like teaching English abroad, a lot of people do it in Seoul. It's got good money. Um, good money. It's also, it's you know, it's, it's you know, there's a there's like a main shopping district that uh, the Chongdam Fashion Street. You know, they basically just have, like... It's just, like, a fashionable, high-end place. So if you think of, like, Fifth Avenue, but, like, 
in South Korea. Yeah. That's just kind of the, and it's a, it's a whole district. So, uh, you know, it, it was originally named Chungstugol. I probably fucked that one up. It means clean water valley for a clean pond that existed here during the, the Joseon dynasty. And ooh, until the Joseon dynasty and the Japanese colonial era during the 20th century, it was the part of the Gyeongji province, which is currently indicates the outskirts of Seoul, uh, which for those of you who don't know, is the capital region. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just like a lot of stuff here of like, oh, it's just basically it was, it used to be something else and now it's part of the Gangnam district and it was kind of mm-hmm. put into, you know, part of Seoul. It's also where K-pop headquarters uh, are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. And, and you know, and apparently uh, it was underdeveloped about 10 years ago. So now it's like they have a gallery street, they've got luxury shopping, you know, it's 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 a it's the a, New, it's a whole the New York, idea. the New York of uh, South Korea. And so, if well, I mean that's Seoul, just like Seoul, Seoul yeah. That's what um, I meant to say. So, so basically, for for those of you that want to go check it out, there, as Aaron indicated, that is the headquarters of headquarters of K-pop management, um, SNM Entertainment, Cube Entertainment. It's not S and M. It's Whoops. That's show, uh, that's showing up in the samples. Whoops. S S M M. Let's see. It's also. It's, I mean, it's just like a huge uh, entertainment kind of place. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that like back in ten years ago, they were like, "This is kind of cheap, but still in Seoul area, we can probably get cheap entertainment headquarters." Easy peasy. The MCM House flagship store is also located in this area. Let's see. Um, MCM, ooh, le- ooh, luxury leather goods founded by Michael Cromer. Huh, bought up by the Sungju Group in 2005. Okay. So, high-end leather. There very are... Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Of course, <laughs> shopping district. You know, we brought that up multiple, multiple times. French Jeweler Cartier has a flagship store there. So, for those of you that, you know, have the money and want to do that, I'd say go ahead, and uh, Vera Wang has a uh, has her first uh, flagship store in, uh, in 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 Korea, in this district. Uh, for the most part, it's 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 you know been used in the media. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but it was used in the song "Gentleman," uh, the music video by Size uh, Gentleman, which I think is actually a really, I think it's not as good as Gangnam Style, I think in terms of fame, but I always had fun with it. If, if we could put that onto like a playlist or whatever, Gentleman is kind of a fun like uh, Size song and they do, he's like going all around, uh, all around the parts of that, of that district. So you get to see some of the more high-end stuff. Um, the, the, the sitcom mockumentary Tsungri uh, in 2018 was filmed, uh, by, you know, in this, uh, was filmed at the YG Future Strategy Office, which is one of those K-pop places. Uh, that was, that's a show on Netflix. And yeah, for the most part, it's just like a high-end nice part of the city with a lot of, uh, a lot of money, some things you can check. I mean, it looks like this is just like a shopping place to go if you want to yeah. look fancy. Check out some high-end fashion sort of things, you know. Check out, check it out more. I, I feel like the, I feel like when I eventually I go to South Korea, I'll go check it out and I'll like take a picture and send it to you. Be like, hey, hey, I'm 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 here. I did it. I made it. Great. We did uh, it. You can tweet at us. Uh, no, you can't. 
but you can uh, <laughs> but you can Instagram message us pictures if you like it. I that'd be so funny. They're like, I can't find you on Twitter. Just tweet us. <laughs> just tweet, just <laughs> tweet us, bro. Just, All right, ne- so we're just ne- we're never gonna have a Twitter. No, I, why? Don't get on there. It's uh, it's just we're not we're I'm just not gonna do it unless you do it. I'm not. Doing um, that. No, no, I don't no, wanna. No. It's... So I found an article called "Where uh, Wolves in Great Britain." I almost said werewolves because we were talking <laughs> about werewolf. Um, wolves were once present in Great Britain. So there, so there were just like a lot of wolves. There's just a, there just used to be a lot of wolves. Oh Jesus, that's frightening. It's horrifying. Early writing from Roman and later Saxon chronicles indicate that wolves appear to be extraordinarily numerous on the island. Unlike other British animals, wolves were unaffected by island dwarfism, with certain skeletal remains indicating that they may have grown as large as Arctic wolves. That's uh, terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. Let's just see how, how big is an Arctic wolf, really. Candus lupus octos. Let's just say Italy jazz. Let's 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 in not so many words. Italy jazz. Not they're big. Yeah, they're huge. Uh, let's see. The uh, species was exterminated from Britain through a combination of deforestation and active hunting through bounty systems. I mean, I feel like they had to get their shit together after they stopped being nomadic tribes. I mean, like, guys, we got a lot of wolves. It's guys. 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 I haven't noticed. Guys. <laughs> There's wolves everywhere. <laughs> In case you were wondering. There's wolves. There's wolves. You haven't seen Timmy because there's wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy is is goddamn uh 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 what what would I name my dog? Uh Angelo. It's Angelo's breakfast. Uh-oh. Whoops. Uh, and his lunch. <laughs> Cuz wolves have no sense of time. <laughs> That's, that's the one thing they don't. <laughs> I know my dog. He just knows when he's hungry. And that's it. That's all he knows. That's, that's it. That's all he knows. Um, <laughs> I also, uh, I, I was also looking at, oh, let's see. King John gave a premium of 10 shillings for the capture of two wolves. Oh, there's also a poem I saw from Scotland. And I was thinking about trying to do my Scottish accent, which I'm very famous for. Very famous. As in, no one thinks that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not... I'll I'll see if I can start doing the Scotland accent, and then I'm going to bail on it. (laughs) So, so, uh, So give me that leeway that I can bail on my Scottish accent at any time. the first sentence already has something that I know it like, already kind of gets you in the mood to say something Scottish. Edrakilis. Uh, yeah, exactly. On Edrakilis short. No, I can't do it. The gray <laughs> wolves. Lie. I tried for one, not even one whole sentence. Uh, I think I got. I think it's. I'm just nervous, and it's being recorded, Very and true. I don't need it played back to me <laughs> at a later time. <laughs> On Elda Chillis shore, the gray wolf lies waiting. Woe to the broken door. Woe to the loosened gate. And the groping wench whom sleethy fogs 
on the trackless moor belates. The lean and hungry wolf with his fangs so sharp and white, his star- starveling body pinched by the frost of northern night, and the pitless eyes that scare the dark with green and threatening light. He mm. climbeth the guarding dyke, he leapeth hurdle bars, he steals the sheep from the pen, and the fish from the boathouse spares, and he digs the dead out of the sod, and he gnaws them under the stars. Thus every grave we dug, the hungry, hungry wolf sto- upstore, and every morn the sod were strewn with bones and gore, our mother earth had denied us rest on Angela's store. On Angela's shore. So the, the, the pretext 1846. Of this, yeah, so the pretext to this is that the, the residents of Scotland had to bury their dead on a separate island because the wolves would just dig up their graves so much. Wow. They hungy. They hungy. They hungy for, for flesh. Yeah. I mean, uh, or, or as a word we learned on our last episode, carrion. Carrion. Yeah, we, we did. We did become their carrion. I mean, obviously, folklore and literature, it's very, very, very big. Like wolves in London or like wolves in Great Britain. I mean, the Welsh tale of Gellert's Louis the Great of Prince Gwyned, I said that all wrong, killed his faithful dog Gellert after finding him covered in blood, which he presumed belonged to his baby son. So, I mean, it's. It's just crazy. That's mostly what I wanted to tell you, that there used to be a whole lot of wolves in England, in Great Britain. I mean, they, yeah. They, had to, they basically destroyed the land to, uh, to make <laughs> wolves go away. I mean, that's, that's one way to do it, just destroy everything. Destroy everything and kill them and pay people to kill them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also not surprising, too, because, I mean, you're, we're talking about 950 A.D. to, like, the 19th century. I mean, the Anglo and Saxon people were really not well together for a long time. So they, it, that makes sense. That well, they were also sold for, sold for their fur. I'm sure that was all pa- yes. also part of furrying and all that stuff. Oh, that for was, sure. I yeah. mean, Especially yeah, if it's like a, a, a wolf probably has a... Very nice fur. It says, uh, officially, this hunting season would end around uh, March 25th, thus encompassed the cubbing season when wolves were at their most valuable and their fur was the greater quality. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's smart. You kill, yeah. kill the babies, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. January was known as Wolf Month <laughs> because that's when they started hunting them. The month of the wolf. The month of the the great wolf hunt. So, when January comes back around, be wolf sure hunting. to be sure to go wolf hunting. I mean, it's only fair. Tradi- tradition, <laughs> tradition. Just like have a nice goose pull after that. <laughs> Just <laughs> animals. Uh, they were treated anim- like shit forever. Yep. Wow, that's because we're smarter than them. Sorry. I mean, it's, it's it probably is just generally good that there's no more wolves in in Great Britain. I feel like that's just not. That would be great if that became a problem again. <laughs> <laughs> just that would be the most 2020 thing to happen. Wolves come back. It's like what? With, and the wolves are back. <laughs> and the and the bat with six foot wingspan in the Philippines. Oh God! Yeah. Did you see that? 
Yeah, I was like, damn it. <sighs> you know Come what? On. I never thought I was scared of bats ever. I mean, they're, you know, they're they're horrifying looking, but it's not something I have an active fear of. And then I saw a six foot wingspan bat, and I was absolutely terrified. I was like, just this just it's. I, it's funny. I think it's because, I mean, this is also a layman saying this, but I think it's because most people are staying inside because of the pandemic. They're like, well, I guess it's time to come out of the caves. All of our enemies are gone for some reason. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing. I'm not messing with, uh, with the, the bats. They can, they can live their life. I'll live my life. I don't Please, want to see them. Stay, stay in your cave. Please. I'm not here for this. If this is my plead. Stay in your cave. I just, Listen to the podcast and stay in your cave. And stay in your cave. <laughs> if you're going to learn one thing from our podcast, stay, stay in your cave. cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have one more article? Yeah, I got one more. It's a kind of a, it's kind of a short one. Um, so I had a backup in case, but it's honestly, I've had a few short ones today, so I don't mind just doing this short one. Yeah. The other one, the other one, the last one wasn't very fun at all, but this is the song free by Estelle, the oh, British nice. songwriter. Yeah. It's, um, it's her second solo single from her debut album, 18th day. So 18th day is 2004. Like uh-huh. that shit. That's, that's, we're getting, we're getting, that's a, that's 16 years ago. Yikes. So she's been so she's been out for a hot second, you know. Um, I just like that the if you look at it, there's a very young John Legend. Wow. On Freedom, That's which is another, awesome. yeah, which is another, uh, which is a B side, uh, features John Legend on piano, which is very fun. Uh, the music the music video for Free uh, was directed by Andy Hilton, as well as uh, featuring appearance from guest rapper Mega Man. For those who oh, I don't who, remember at all. I mean, he's another. Brick. Oh, so solid crew. That is. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because she was fr- so. Okay, so here's a little little music history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as R and B and hip hop was happening in America, uh, just like any other good music, you know, there was always a reaction to yes. it. And their reaction was kind of born out of a bunch of things, but the, it was mainly born out of a love of. Um, a love of drum and bass, yes. and and a love of which is a, a you know an electronic style out of England and a mixture of R and B happening, mm-hmm. and um, they, you know and they kind of flipped it and turned it and they made something called UK Garage or Garage if you're really <laughs> British, if and you're that's kind of, British. if you're extra British, <laughs> which is um, really uh, a nice mixture of R&B and hip hop, but it just has and it would later if if uh, it would be turned into another genre called grime. Grime mm-hmm. would usually incorporate a few more darker sounds to it, yes. but it has like its own tempo to it yeah. but it definitely sounds like you know um it's it's like drum and bass and r&b and hip-hop all kind of just mishmashed and that's really where the soul so solid crew came out of there's yeah. even uh, it's also called garage because there was um a specific club was i think it was called the paradise garage and uh that's where garage music like is supposedly started at that club and that's why it's so it's, it's interesting because i actually represent um a, a writer and like guy from that was very popular uh in the uk during this time 
Um, and he's kind of well known as like a as a UK garage. His name's Lem Springsteen. He's not in the okay. solid crew, but let, check out Lem Springsteen. It kind of sounds though like jazz that you would. It's like it's like hip hop jazz that you would have on a porno. Nice. Hey, everything has its place. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at if you look at the so solid, uh, you know, crew members. You know, there's some people that I kind of I, I recognize. Nothing. I'm not. I'm not super into this, or I don't know this as yeah. like this. But they're uh, just a name to. But they're just more like a name to know. Yeah. Uh, of the time is so solid crew. I mean, I, I I definitely know Trigga and MC Harvey. Everyone, and I think G Man, but everyone else, I'm like. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I at least I just more know the encompassing name of the so solid crew. I mean, you actually, without even going further into the to the rest of this article, you really nailed it. So, I mean, check out So Solid Crew because it is a link that you can check within the Estelle song because it has, you know, um, Mega Man. Uh, and see, there's also cameos from singers like Beverly Knight, Natasha Bedingfield, Terry Walker, Kelly Young Lib- uh, of Liberty X, Jamie Scott, and uh, Raghav, and John Legend, of course. So it's nothing too, too crazy, but, you know, it's yeah, still so interesting. Uh, not a, actually a pretty good album, I would have to say. Uh, check uh-huh. out Estelle in general; she's great. She's the one that did um, uh, craft uh, American American Boy, which I personally like that song mm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I'll just do my last little quick one: uh, Hicksville Station, because there is a wow. place called Hicksville, Long Island. And um, Long our, Island. My uh, our, our friend last year uh, got married, and I remember having to take the Hicksville uh, Station back to. Uh, Penn Station. Yep. You know, it's it's really nothing special other than it's basically there's a place called Hicksville, Long Island, and yes, it is really called Hicksville. I don't think there's done a Hicks there, but then again, I don't live in Long Island. Yeah, I mm, uh, my brain would say no, there are no Hicks in Hicksville. No, but you know, they it gives you a nice little. There could be one. There could be many. There could be at least two. But for the most part, it's just a it's just a Long Island railroad station. I'm sure a few more are gonna are gonna come up. Um, it's really uh, very. All, all you know is that there's a place called that. That's that's it. So I um, got yeah. I got one more article. Sure, throw it to at finish me. this up. Throw it at me. It's called Pentra Ifen. Also known as John's Village, it's the name of an ancient manor in the community of the parish of Neverin, Pokershine, Wales. Pem- and Pembrokeshire, Wales? Pembrokeshire. Sure. Uh, but it's really like kind of like its own. Uh, it's like a, a my, you know, it looks like something that would be like, um, what, what are those other stone structures? In? Stonehenge. Yeah, it kind of looks like something as Stonehenge. There's oh, cool. like a bunch of big rocks that are holding each other up in weird ways. Hey, uh, love that. Very cool. Uh, it's originally used. With the uh, the dolmen dates back to about 3500 BC and was wow. traditionally identified as a communal burial. Oh, um, interesting. Which okay. I thought was pretty cool. Under this theory, the existing stones formed the portal and main chamber of the tomb, which would. Uh, which would originally have been covered by a large mound of stones about 30 mm. meters long, 17 meters wide. Um, 
let's see, there's also an alternative theory. Mm-hmm. A major study by Cummings and Richard in 2014 produced a different explanation for the monument. They identify several distinctive attributes shared by the class of monument known as dolmens, all of which particular well-examined, I'm sorry, well-exemplified in the Petra Eiffel. First, mm-hmm. such monuments typically have large capstone derived from glacial erratic, uh, far bigger that is required or sensible for the aim was just uh, was to roof a chamber. Okay, so basically, it's like ridiculously big for no reason. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's anything in particular packed off. The capstone is supported on the tethering tips of slender uprights, as in effort in the Petra Eiffel. There are often other stones within. I don't know. I don't really see why this is an alternative theory. Whatever. I mean, there's. It's basically. <laughs> it's basically like their version of Stonehenge, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think in general the whole idea of mysticism in the in the UK, like British Isles, especially like, in, like primitive. Yeah, that shit is stuff. super cool. Yeah, yeah. that shit is because like, it's so it's so much more ominous. Yes. You know, just because so much time has passed and so much stuff has been lost, so then we're just left with this strange structure we don't fully truly understand we will give our listeners uh, a full dollar if they can look at the map of the petra Eiffel and then name all of the surrounding things yeah on one go i'll give you exactly a dollar and no more because i'm poor I mean, it's. I mean, this is a. This is certainly interesting. It's a. It's a famous, uh, like, image of ancient whales. Yeah. You know, it's Wales w- is a really, really interesting place that I would love to go visit. Um, in general, I mm-hmm. feel like um, it just feels a lot. At least from, um, you know, my my brief knowledge of the British Isles, I just feel like there's a. It's a different, a completely different feel. Yeah. Than, than the rest. Yeah, so, I guess it's some place I'd eventually like to go. There's definitely a place I'd like to go before then. Um, I think we just need to be able to, to be allowed in Europe again. I think I should be allowed to be outside my house before then. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is eat shit and die over here, man. Fuck. I mean, I eat shit, <laughs> I eat shit, shit and die. Yep, that's right. You know, we're uh, ending on a nice high note. On, uh, you know, <laughs> on, 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 on the state of the world. Goodbye, everybody. Go learn. And, you know, and don't think about the awfulness out there. Uh, you, can find, you can find Aaron uh, on Instagram at Aaron underscore Hockman underscore. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Grow underscore music. And you can also find our Instagram and uh, at. Well, that's new underscore. Yep, I mean it's because like someone this, already took the well. That's new, and I'm not going to fight them for it. So and you know, but ours ours is you know we send we do a lot of random things, a lot of random knowledge. We try to post some memes, be fun, you know, and engage. Let you know when things are coming out. So you know, and we we really are pretty good. At, I'd say when people like have sent us messages or or commented that we're pretty good about about yeah them, yeah so. it's good feedback. You know, we'd love to hear from you. I know I keep saying that I don't want to be added, but if you at least but I will answer if you put it on our actual page i won't talk to you directly uh through my own personal pages because i don't know you 
yeah and, uh, you know, and please please feel free to like like subscribe yeah you know, like and subscribe we're on anchor we're on yeah. apple Podcasts. we're on spotify yep those are the big i think the big google three. has podcasts too they do we are on google yeah. podcast yeah i didn't know that was a thing uh yeah so, so yeah you can find us in all those places uh yeah. you know go out and learn and uh you know, maybe you, if you guys even want, you can even throw us links to any articles you may find if you go through 100,000 clicks of random article and find something cool. Yeah, we'll talk throw, about it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. If you throw us, throw us our way, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll at least have a look. Yeah, we could definitely make that like a, like a Patreon uh, oh, thing as well. We on could, the double. On the, we could do, yeah, we could do like a Patreon. It's like you get to choose one of our topics for five bucks a month or something. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Or even like, or, or a whole episode of uh, a few a few people choosing articles. Yeah. Or or one person chooses a bunch of good articles, but yeah. we're gonna we're also gonna read them beforehand. Because yes. we're, we're not going to go in blind. We don't trust you. We don't know who you yeah, are. Yeah, I don't want to know about the history <laughs> of snuff films. I'm sorry. Like, that's... I mean, maybe. Maybe. That's not that's... bad. No, that's that sounds like a good article. <laughs> I, you know, I think... I... Yeah, you that know what? You're like right. It's got legs. I'm sorry. That's I've been reading, no, it's fine. I've been reading no, Heart Shape. I've been reading Heart Shape Box, and there's like a whole thing about a snuff film in there, and I was like, Oh, oh. that's um, that's Joe Hill, right? Yep. Uh, good. Stephen I like it. Stevie so King's son. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Really yeah, good. I've been meaning to read him. I have, I have the movie. I'm not movie. I have the book, uh, the Nosferatu book on deck, oh, yes. which is also a show, which I, which is supposedly good. And I also have Horns as another one that's supposed. That's a good to be. one. That that here is very good. I got very recommended good. that book. Very um, good. Yeah. So, but yeah, you can find the links in our show notes and uh, go yeah. out and learn something. And if, and if you don't, and if you don't see them there, just Google it yourself. It's this isn't this isn't code, but you know, you idiot, you idiot. All right, go go learn something. Go learn. We love you. All right. I think. in